lads, let's start. By, by wishing everybody a happy Saturday morning. A happy Saturday morning. <laughs> a happy New Year. Wait, when's the last time we recorded? Definitely New Year. Yeah, like since, yeah. The, the season 1 million was still going. percent. The season was still going. A happy, happy New Year, regardless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and let's start by looking back. I want to look back at our kind of pre-season predictions. Now, we Oof. all made a pre-season fantasy MVP, a pre-season bold player prediction, and a pre-season bold team prediction. Mm. Lou's looking pretty smug. He's, he's, he's literally smirking. Yeah, yeah, um, you can tell. I hate no, that no, face. I hate it. I'm going to preempt this by saying Lewis has himself fully admitted numerous times this week that although he clearly smashed these preseason picks out of the park, as soon as football started being played, uh, he lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, um, sort of like, it's amazing how well my predictions were before any... Um, footage to analyse um, of these players and these teams, you know. Once that all happened, it sort of skewed my uh, my judgment, I guess. But I had the script. I had the script at the start. Of- so do you do you want to start us off? Let's start off with your bold team prediction. Seeing as you had the script for the the season, what was your bold team prediction? My bold team prediction was that the Lions would win a playoff game. And they won two. The craziest thing about that is that my bold team prediction was that the Rams would win a playoff game. Mm. So our bold predictions came down to the wire against mm. each other. They did. Um, do you want to speak on the Lions a little at all? Good team. Uh, two um, playoff wins, which um, was, I, I believe, the same amount they had in their history, in the playoff era. Um so, you know, that team's, mm. you know, they're going to be good again next year. A lot of continuity. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean. Well, here's a question for you. Who's going to be better next year then? Your bold prediction team in the Lions or my bold prediction team in the LA Rams? Very close. I, not not to, not to you know, spoil the script too early, <laughs> But that could be. You could be talking about an NFC Championship game there. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, the Rams, I'm happy with that pick. There was there was times in the season where it looked like a terrible pick. But, I mean, you know, Nakua came on really strong. I mean, he was great all year. Um, kind of like one of those players that seems to have revitalised the whole team, revitalised McVeigh, mm. yeah. Stafford as well. Um, Kyron Williams, of course, as well. Um, looking like a really promising future for the Rams, looking like they're going to be good again next year. And, you know, y- y- there's all the talk about McVeigh potentially retiring when um, all it takes is one good season again for the guy to kind of clearly be all in again. Uh, Sharps, what was your bold team prediction? Uh, I was sick of you two with the positivity and I went for a negative one. Uh, and I thought that the Arizona Cardinals would go 0-17. You did indeed. Um, you did started indeed. off good. They lost to, off the top of my head, it was the Commanders and then the Giants. And then they rolled up to the uh, Rootin' Tootin' Cowboy Arena. <laughs> it might have been at the, at the Cardinals ground. I don't know. But I'm, for for this scenario, they rolled up to the Rootin' Tootin' Cowboy Arena. Um, it's always the Rootin' Tootin' Cowboy the Arena. Dimsdale yeah, the, the Dimsdale Dimmerdome, I think you mean. The Dimsdale Dimmerdome. Yeah, 
You two were giving it all yee-haws and all that, and then, uh, yeah, they beat them. So it, it ended quite quickly. They then proceeded to be terrible again for the next five games. I think they were on about one and seven. And then mm. something happened. I mean, obviously, Kyle Murray came back. They just they just looked a lot better. Um, and mm. I'm actually quite positive on them next season. I don't think they're in the... Uh, potentially a tough division, but yeah. So, no, I, I would have to say, although it was 4-13 and 13 in the end... They uh they did prove me wrong. Trey McBride looked great. Yeah. Um so yeah, I will say that I uh mm. I ate my words on that one. It's not even like a particularly fun one, like as in that we can kind of poke fun at because numerous times throughout the season we kind of uh complimented the Cardinals for just like really playing hard and um, yeah. Jonathan Gannon looks like he might be a really good coach and Kyler Murray's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh so I mean it was a nice one, Sharps, because I think a lot of people thought it, the arrow was pointing firmly downwards for the Cardinals, but yeah. Um, how about those bold player predictions? Um, mm-hmm. I had Geno Smith to be an MVP candidate. Shaffles is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Pumping his fist. Um, now, I've put here in capitals, nope. I mean, Geno Smith by no means was terrible last year. He had 3,600 yards. It was 600 less than the year before. 20 touchdowns, which was 10 less than the year before, um, and 5% lower completion percentage. Yeah, the wheels kind of fell off for the Seahawks and Geno. Um, even though Geno wasn't terrible this year, the pick of him potentially being an MVP candidate from me was terrible. I think I might have talked you into the Geno Smith one because I was super high on him at the start of the season. I, I thought he'd be up there. I don't think... I think... Even when you said top three, our MVP, I was surprised at that, but I thought he'd be up there. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, the, us, us, uh, us people with brains thought he would be, so it's Geno's fault, I think. Yeah. Lou? Um, not not as hot a pick, but I, I said that Saquon Barkley would lead the, lead the league in, in rushing, and you know what? He didn't. <laughs> didn't even get a thousand yards didn't man. even get a thousand yards no it, it was a pretty poor season rushing yardage wise if you look like McCaffrey's like he's way out there but like after McCaffrey's you know 1,450 you've got Derek Henry Derek Henry mm. who we've all forgot about what is that Six, 1,100 six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, ten-ish players with over a thousand yards but... which is fine but you know not, no one really breaking the bank in that in that category. Yeah. Um Barkley's an interesting one because the guy that's gonna be a free agent and clearly got a lot of confidence. I saw an interview with him the other day. Uh the man's beard has got a mind of its own. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen his beard recently, but what's going on there? Um but anyway he, he's clearly got a lot of confidence in himself and you know thinks as well as McCaffrey he's kind of the best running back in the league and there's a lot of chatter about him potentially going to Houston. But um at this point, I would say, what are you getting with Saquon Barkley? Because I've heard, I've heard ch- charges as well. Charges. But mm. um, how different is Saquon Barkley next year to what Austin Eckler was this year? Better. Do you think? Uh, yes. Wow. Yes, definitely. I think he's. I think Saquon Barkley still looked like he had juice. Um, I feel it was, like it was Austin, that, that, like, that team. I feel like Austin Eckler ran for more yards, though. But, but let me put it this way. Like, I mean... Uh, you know, you could easily argue this for Austin Eckler. It's not a good example because they both had quarterbacks who were hurt. But um, 
I don't know, I just the eye test, I guess, then. Okay. The eye test for me led me to believe that Saquon Barker can still be a good running back for a few years, whereas Austin Eckler, we joked about him looking like a tank. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of running backs on the move. I don't think Tony Pollard comes back to Dallas, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, Sharples, that, that bold player prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, I had um, Alexander Madison running back for the... Minnesota Vikings, to yes. uh, be in the top 10 of running backs. And I had a quick tot-up on the ESPN website. Uh, I had him at about the RB37. So, um, <laughs> yeah, not, not my best one. Do you know what? Uh, look, Looking back at it, obviously now it looks ridiculous. I listened back to my own analysis at the time. I stand by it. Dalvin Cook left. He was the only guy in that <laughs> running back room. He should have, and, and every time he'd filled in for Dalvin Cook previously, he'd done he'd pretty much been yeah, Dalvin Cook volume two. I don't know why it didn't work, but it didn't. He he didn't score a single uh, rushing touchdown all year. He might have got one or two receiving ones. He he wasn't injured. I think he missed one game all season. He he was just rubbish. I don't, I really don't know. Maybe I know. obviously Kirk Cousins goes down. The leader, the blandest man in the universe. You know, it sort of offsets. <laughs> The, the sort of uh, feng shui of the building that's all I can put it down to and that's beyond my yeah. control so that is beyond your control so again player's fault not a bad pick mm. again um, yeah that, that Madison one was hilarious all season it's the hype over Madison coming into the season and for fantasy managers I feel like you knew from like week three that it wasn't yeah. going to happen yeah, yeah. The funny um, thing is, yeah, but... as hard as I was pushing him, I didn't get him in a single one of my leagues. And who's laughing now? There you go. There you go. Well, the big one, our fantasy MVP picks from the start of the season. We'll leave Lewis to last. I know he's just, he's about to explode. Sharps, <laughs> why don't you remind us who you thought was going to have a hell of a season? Uh, I believe I picked uh, Justin Fields. Um, yes, I think my logic at the time was he was probably going in round five or six. He's a mobile quarterback. I still think that quarterbacks who can run are an absolute cheat code. I mean, you get not point one yeah points for a rushing yard and not point not four for throwing it. So if you've got a guy who's got wheels, you know it can do it. But and and to be oh, fair. Yeah. Um, he was injured for what a good six six games this year. Mm. I'm not saying in real life he's a great quarterback, but I still think for fantasy, obviously it's going to be a bit up in the air whether the bill uh, the Bears draft Caleb Williams. But I think there's going to come a year where he explodes for fantasy, and I I just think when you, when you can run like that, it's it's always there. So didn't happen this year. The year before I picked Kyler Murray, I'm gonna probably pick a mobile quarterback again next year. Hopefully this time it works. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, um, the Sharps. It's kind of like the Lamar, the Lamar Jackson pick at the start of the year where there's such potential to co- go completely nuclear. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that there's a genuine, I think, feeling that Chicago, they want Justin Fields back. It might be smart for them to rack up a lot of picks and build a team around him. I think the city likes him. I think that team won over a lot of people towards the end of the season. I did see a really funny... Um, interview with Jackson Smith and Jigba um, talking about Shane Waldron who was 
his offensive coordinator with the Seahawks and has now gone to the Bears uh, and basically got asked, like, what would you say to the Bears about the guy that they're getting? And he was just silent. Nice. Like, kind of. And then he was like, oh, he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not what you really want to hear, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, my fancy MVP pick was a man, Russell Brown. Pretty good pick, I'd say. Um think he came through in a lot of big uh, moments throughout the fantasy season. He finished wide receiver three in PPR scoring, averaging about 20 fantasy points a game, and joined second in receptions. Now, I my 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 big thing was with St. Brown was that I thought he could lead the league in receptions, and unfortunately he was joined second because... Lou, take it away. Well, my fantasy MVP was CD Lamb. Um, and I said, I said way back when, that uh, he was going as the wide receiver 7, 16th overall. So I believe I did preface to make this MVP pick legitimate. He, he really had to be a hit, had to be a top three guy. Um, I talked about, you know, if you looked at his metrics and compared them to other wide receivers from previous years, he was sort of primed for that 20-plus point per game year breakout um, and and now Dallas were pointing in the pass first direction with McCarthy as the play caller, and yeah, CD Lamb ended up averaging twenty three point seven PPR points per game and finished as the number one wide receiver on the season. Well done. Cheers. Maybe 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 you can when you're editing this put in like number a... three number three overall player on the season number sorry number yeah. two overall player on the season. Maybe as you well. can put yourself in some like applause. From an audience, uh, the report, the listeners are applauding at home. Yeah, so yeah, they the can fill it, they can fill in the blanks. They there. didn't even need a cue. Yeah, yeah. well, um, some great picks there. I think what we've learned from that maybe is then in terms of kind of when we're when we're when we're looking at something that might be realistic in terms of your fantasy MVP, something that we really need to dig into and think who could really capitalize on a situation. Listen to us when we're giving you bold predictions where we're kind of like extrapolating our opinions out to something that might seem unrealistic. Uh, probably don't listen to us, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But let's get into our end of season fantasy awards. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> while we're waiting for it now, how we're going to do this is. We're gonna. We have one, two, three, four, five categories. We're all gonna kind of come with some names, um, and we're basically just gonna talk it out for thirty seconds to a minute, and then we're gonna come up with a winner. I think we'll start with draft value. Now, the difference between draft value and sleeper hit is, you know, draft value is your players that are kind of known and were drafted in most leagues and it's kind of like putting that into context in terms of how good they were versus where they were drafted whereas sleeper hit is more of you guys that kind of were undrafted um and kind of came out of nowhere um so draft value on my board chance i've got mike evans whose adp was uh 53 wide receiver 24 and he finished wide receiver seven Rashad White, who had an ADP of 60, running back 23, and he finished running back 4. Raheem Molster, ADP 99, running back 35. 
uh, and he finished running by five. And Sam Laporta, who had an ADP of 113, that's a tight end 13, and he finished tight end one. Any other players that you want to mention? I think they're, they're, they're the sort of... Um, they are the sort of main draft drafted guys that you're talking about, mm-hmm. really. Um, I had Nakua in the in this section just because I had him going in like the 15th round. He was your last pick, essentially. But then again... I know he was virtually undrafted in most places. So yeah, so he's yeah. kind of a bit of a more of a sleeper. Sharples, any other names on the? Yeah, I mean, I, I had I had three down. You said White and Evans. Uh, the only one potentially debatable. I remember him being there or thereabouts as people's last pick of the draft. I had Jordan Love. I think a few people were taking him as their quarterback yeah. too. But yeah. if you want to call that a sleeper, fine with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also had. Um, I remember. In draft season, I was pretty high on picking Nico Collins with my last pick of the draft, and he mm. obviously ended up being amazing as well. But I mean, I think we're, we're looking, we're really looking at Evans, White, Mostert, and Laporta, to be honest with you. And if I'm just going to kind of cast my vote now and let you two decide as well, looking at the numbers, looking at kind of the expectations on the season, I'm going to go Rashad White. Mm. I think the running back four is kind of. That that is not easy to do whatsoever, and he was great as well. He was great rushing the ball. He was great in the passing game. He he, he kind of gave you really um, meaningful fantasy games. It wasn't just like a guy who stacked up points. Um, and and even looking now, running back for Rashad White, you're like, whoa, okay, so. I'm going to go Rashad White personally, Luke. Yeah, I'm going to go for it, Rashad White for the reasons that you outlined. Uh, I, I had Rashad White on my teams in a couple of leagues and it's just really reliable week to week. Um, mm. Yeah, I, Rashad White for me. Chaps? Uh, yeah, same. I, I had him in the main league. I think I drafted him in the 10th and this year I'm looking for him in the second probably. So I think that tells you how much he's gone in, gone up in people's estimations, and like you say, I'll, he, he could run it in, he can catch it, he was a every down back, yeah, great player. Nice, Rashad White wins draft value, onto the sleepers, a little bit different, these are more guys that uh, were kind of like, you know, your very last picks in your draft are undrafted players at the start of the fantasy season, I had Karen on my list, who finished running back seven, even after missing four games, Puka Nakua came out of kind of nowhere to finish the wide receiver four. Uh, and Rasheed Rice finished wide receiver 27, but was the wide receiver nine from weeks 12 onwards. Lou, I know you want to chuck a few other names in the hat. Yeah, just Jaden Reed, um, who started out pretty slow, but he, um, from weeks 10 to 18, he was the wide receiver 10, 17.4 points per game. And his quarterback, Jordan Love, um, you know, like... Love started out pretty nice and then he sort of dropped off. We certainly slagged him off on this podcast. Hmm. Um, you know, weeks one through 10, he was the quarterback 13. Um, weeks 11 through 18, you know, that's a big chunk of the season. John Love was the quarterback two. Um, you know, really good stuff. I'd say those guys I just wanted to throw out there. Um, yeah. But a lot of a lot of good players, there, a lot of good names that you would just had no idea about when you exactly, were drafting. Exactly, Sharps. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it has you know when you're talking about sleepers this year, it has to be either Nakua or or Karen really, both for the Rams. But yeah, just 
Neither of, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's some people that will say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I drafted him in the 10th because I knew, I, I don't believe it for a second. I did, I, you know, they came out of nowhere. They smashed it, like you say, RB7 and wide receiver. Was it four in the end for Nakua? Four, yeah. Four. four. I mean, wide receiver four for Nakua. The thing, the thing is as well, yeah, I know. receiving yards, 105 receptions, you know, uh, the most... Receiving yards ever by a, a rookie wide receiver and receptions, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's between them two. I, I ah, it's hard that I, I lean Nakua just because of the durability and the durability and consistency. The, the the thing, the downfall of Karen, which is actually like very impressive, is that yeah, he finishes the running back seven. And yet he missed four games for injury and didn't play in week 18. So he was the running back seven and he didn't play in five games, mm. which is hmm. ridiculous. But, you know, those five games maybe were the difference between you getting in your fantasy playoffs and not. So he, he could have burned you. Yeah. So for that reason, Nakua. Nakua for me too. What about you, Sharps? Yeah, for beating out Cooper Cup, got to be Nakua. Yes, Puka Nakua, sleep hit of the year. Lads, the fantasy bust. <laughs> bust of the year. Um, again, I'm going to throw out some names. Feel free to add to them if you want. Uh, Tony Pollard is the first name I've got here. He had an ADP of 12, which was the fifth running back off the board. He finished running back 14. Stefan Diggs, ADP of 6 overall, wide receiver 3. Finished wide receiver 9, which feels quite generous because in the final 8 weeks of the season, he scored less than 9 points 6 times. Yeah, well, I yeah, mm. I, I with Diggs, uh, weeks 10 to 18, how many is that? How many weeks is that? 9? Yeah. Literally the last 9 weeks, he averaged 9.8 9. PPR <laughs> points <laughs> per game. Go. PPR points per game. Oh, man. Um, We've got to say it, Travis Kelsey, an ADP of um, five overall, tight end one. Finished tight end three, and it's the the tight end thing throws it out of whack. A it's got to be context. It's got to be contextual. You know, so, yeah. so let's forget the tight end one to tight end three. He finished. He, he started the fifth person off the board, and he finished nowhere near that overall in fantasy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, I mean and he averaged nine points in the fantasy playoffs, which yeah. is that killed you. <laughs> Any other names from you two? You nailed them for me. The uh, I had Pollard, Diggs Kelsey. Did you say Mahomes? No. No? You don't Patrick think Mahomes future Super Bowl winner Patrick Mahomes. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> That's fantastic, but what does that do for us yeah, in fantasy? No, Nothing. I, that is true. Rubbish. That is true, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, what? I, um, he's, he's, we, we slate people for taking early quarterbacks, and in my opinion, rightly so. But you think, oh, if you get Mahomes, it's guaranteed. Where did he finish? Quarterback A? Yeah. And and you did pick him QB1 11th overall. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know he missed a few games through injuries, but even when he came back, Austin Eckler... We had plenty to say about him. He went as he was going what ADP three four. I don't know where he finished, yeah. but missed yeah. a few games at the start. But he was useless. Yeah, mm. I'm also going to dangle uh, T Higgins out there for you. Okay. Drafted as the wide receiver uh, eighteen, drafting the first four rounds of your fantasy drafts. Finished wide receiver fifty one. Mm. Not great at all. Um, I know who my vote is though. 
Go on. It's Stefan Diggs. Personally, yeah. I'm going Stefan Diggs uh, for all the reasons that we just said, for absolutely killing you down the stretch in fantasy and kind of looking like an undraftable player going into next season, Blue. Yeah, I'm going to go Stefan Diggs as well, just because with the guys I laid out there, like Kelsey, he was underwhelming, but he was still fine for a tight end. Pollard wasn't great, but running back scoring was sort of a bit down this year. Diggs, that last half of the season, 9.8 points. If you look at the other wide receiver scoring, that is uh, outrageously poor. Um and he killed you. He completely killed you because you had to play him because it was Stefan Diggs. So, yeah. Sharks. I'm surprised. I thought we were going to be arguing over Mahomes or Kelsey. Personally, for me, Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Well, just even more fuel to the fire, which is Patrick Mahomes winning his third ring. He's got called out on yet another. When he wins the ring, I'm sure he's going to say <laughs> on Sunday that. Uh, it was this. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. In the pocket across the pond, lit a fire up his ass. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> they love. They love out like that. They love. Yeah. They love manufacturing some sort of. Yeah. Some everyone hates them. Ah, what, yeah. what you got to remember is iron sharpens iron. Yes. <laughs> Fantasy MVP time. I have three names on my board. Yeah, we must all I think there's clearly one winner. I'm I'm going to start with the name that I don't think you two might have. I think we'll have a couple of the same names. I'm not sure whether you two will have Josh Allen, though. And Josh Allen's on mine. We're talking about full, over 4,000 yards, 29 touchdowns. Okay, the interceptions were higher this year, but the rushing yards were there when you needed them to be. The rushing touchdowns were there. The big plays, it was quite comfortably the quarterback one in fantasy this year mm. um, I think you just kind of had an absolute juggernaut on your team every week if you had Josh Allen so I'm going to I'm gonna say Josh Allen even though I don't know if he'll get my vote but Lou do you want to add anyone to that uh, CD Lamb okay. Tyreek Hill yeah. the other guy that we're all thinking of yeah we'll let Sharple say the other guy shall we go ahead uh, that would be Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah. Yes. I, so what I did, I I had three names, each at a different position. Because for me, if you've got two at the same position, they can't really be MVPs. Because like you know, it's too, too like it's got to yeah. be separate. So yeah. McCaffrey, Lamb, and Allen. I'm just gonna throw it out there, boys. For me, you look at the biggest differentials between one and two at the positions. McCaffrey's clear by like a hundred points. For me, it's Stonewall McCaffrey MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I think we would be crucified if we said anything. Else. I agree. Any, anyone, and yeah. th- do you not think this is kind of like when obviously you had McCaffrey's unbelievable season a few years ago, and then you had the the ones that were kind of riddled with injury, and then he goes to the Niners last year. And do you think this season did live up to that kind of f- fantasy, that dreamland that we were thinking of of what this could be? Well, put it this way. Christian McCaffrey this year had more po- had more games where he scored over twenty five points than he had games where he scored under twenty. He scored he scored over twenty five points six times and he only scored under twenty points four times. That is ridiculous. He scored over a hundred points more than the next running back. Um, you know, we've and we've won less game. It, it, you know, actually, in fact, in fact, Christian McCaffrey could have stopped playing after week 13 and he still would have been the running back one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, running backs need to up the games next year, but McCaffrey's just a beast. I think I texted you two um, during maybe the, the Packers game, uh, and I was like, I think this guy might be the best player in the whole league. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable player. Congratulations, Christian. Another prestigious award. Nice one, Chris. Um, TN. To add to our belief, he's Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year as well. Yeah, we obviously had the the awards last night. We had Jackson taking the MVP home, Offensive Player of the Year, McCaffrey, Defensive Player, Miles Garrett, Coach of the Year, Stefanski, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's been a sweep again. Last year it was the Jets. This time it's the Texans sweeping that with Will Anderson and CJ Stroud. Mm. Uh, Any other um, big awards that I'm missing there? Cam Hayward. The Walter Payton Man of the Year. The NFL's Uh, most prestigious award. Flacco got the comeback. Did you mention that? Flacco got the comeback player of the year. He did as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if if you... Mr. Asterisk. (laughs) (laughs) If you demand Hamlin, it's like, what can you do? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair... What can you do? (laughs) I'm pretty sure Demar Hamlin played like 10 snaps all year. He did, he did, and it's obviously it's a miracle that he was able to come back and play, but if you're talking just the bare bones of the award, uh, yeah, mm, Flacco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. We got another little bonus award here, and I don't know if you two have got a pick for it. I certainly have got a pick for it. It's no, the worst one. take of the year. I've got one. Worst take of the year. Yeah. You can vote for yourself on the podcast or someone else on the podcast. I voted for all of us in week 13 <laughs> because our player picks in week 13... The results were two gooses, <laughs> two misses, one not missing Adam Troutman on 1.6 points because he clearly had a projection of about four. <laughs> and no hit. So I'm saying worst take of the year, whatever we were... T- I think we're all... Um, I think that was the week that the... Uh, the painting work was going on in Charles's apartment. Yeah. And we were all kind of high on the fumes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we were playing at in week 13. Just even looking at some of the names. Howell, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, Troutman, mm. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Brian was on the wall. Lou, did you say you had one for worst take? Yeah, and it sort of relates to what you just said. My worst uh, take of what I, well, what I thought was the worst take of the year was all of Sharples' blatant loophole tight end picks where it was impossible unless they scored minus points points minus oh, points to get um to get a miss listen I, I think it, I, I, I think it is I think that's the best take I think that's he was un, playing the game unsportsmanlike I would say yeah but then I knew it was going to come back because obviously once we talked up the points I was low but you know it hits and misses swings and roundabouts isn't it okay Charles, have you, you got wanna... any if you want to close the loophole next year, we can discuss that at the next board meeting. But other than that, that's <laughs> just your two Um Any bad takes that kind of spring to your mind? Actually, yeah. Um, I, I, I hadn't prepped this one, but uh, my uh, bracket, my Super Bowl bracket, uh, was... <laughs> uh, I think I went... One for seven, one and seven in the first... Oh, which I, I, I which... couldn't have got it more wrong. Which I remember saying statistically is incredibly impressive. Yeah. But, you know, a kind of reputationally is uh, career-ending stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree yeah, that mine was also very poor. Mine was very poor. My, my, uh, yeah. 
my Cowboys pick just annihilated the bracket straight away mm. completely. Yeah. Um, and what's even more annoying about that is that I told you earlier on, lads, that I had the script. Um, I don't know why at the start of the season when we we're talking about our Super Bowl predictions I said the Chiefs would beat the 49ers really, in the Super right. Bowl and then play it play I, it I will I won't I'm not gonna I'm not, I can't really do that uh, but I, I said that you can go back and listen and then and then I just completely dis. you know what in my not only did I did I not have um, the Chiefs and 49ers get into the Super Bowl my bold prediction was the Lions would win a playoff game. In my bracket, I had them losing to the Rams. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. what. Again, it's another example of just I was so so smarter before I watched any of the seasons play. Agreed, <laughs> agreed. And I, I so think I think the w- go on. We need to just remember that, as you said, Al. Statistically, picking seven incorrect results is as impressive as picking seven correct. It results. is. So it, it is. is exactly. Only any of the listeners are smart. Then they would have done the opposite. Yeah. So exactly. Well done. I yeah. feel like I yeah, feel like I mean, that's only impressive though if you if you said before you did it, everybody well, but, I pick is going to lose. I, it was, it was, <laughs> I, it's been known that I'm playing the Paul Merson role on this podcast, and I always do the opposite <laughs> of what he says. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, Merson. I mean, so anyway, worst take goes to Lewis Brindle, 2022 fantasy MVP. Colin Son. <laughs> 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 which will forever be the worst pick on this podcast okay just some quick reactions to the playoffs then lads um, standout games standout performances anything that you're desperate to say cowboys are rubbish cowboys are rubbish please do me a favour right if the cowboys are decent again next year this is the listeners at home as well. I'm not just talking about you two. Stop us. Get in touch. Tell us to shut up. Remind us of, of, us of this moment right here. Punch me in the face. Make me, you know, make me snap out of it because the Cowboys bo- are, are the biggest bottle jobs in in sport. Yeah. Like they just cannot get it done when it matters. Mm. Can't. And that that that's the coaching. That's the players. Um, they they just. They just fold when it's an important game, and right, obviously that yeah, that's only, disrespectful I, I watched, to the Packers. Yeah. yeah, Green Bay, excellent game plan by Green Bay. They came out, played really well, forced the game to be played at their pace, their way. And the Cowboys just couldn't anywhere near match that level of game management and execution at any point in the game, besides garbage time. Mm. When you know the scoreline looked a lot more flattering than it actually was, um, they got absolutely stomped by the Packers. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't even finish that game to be honest with you. Mm. Um, before I give Chapels a chance to revel in that, I just want to say the, the the championship games were really weird because the teams who lost both should have won. You know, the Ravens looked in control at one point and kind of abandoned what they were about. They only rushed the ball like six times with the running backs. Mm. Um, But the Lions, like, you need to kick a field goal and go up three scores. You can't be calling for... And I get that that was what they were doing all year for the most part. However, you got to think about the situation that you're in. Um, Yeah, I think the Lions blew it big time. Um, And I, I know that the exciting team everyone's kind of rooting for them 
I think it's going to be really hard for them to get back there next year. I don't think mm. they do get back to the championship game yeah. next year, okay. personally. But um, Sharps, do your worst. No, no. Uh, well, before I do, I want to. I just think the um, the Chiefs' transformation into the Patriots is pretty much complete. I feel like the tide's turning. <laughs> People don't really like them. Um, yeah. they, mm-hmm. it's one of them where it's, it runs with the San Antonio Spurs as well where it's like we don't really care about the regular season we we turn it on with the playoffs and like considering how bad they looked for a Chiefs team they've just just come alive in the playoffs I wouldn't I want the Niners to win I think the Niners are a better team on paper but I think you just can't rule out the Chiefs at this point um, and yeah I mean if they get another one that's what three in five years Six. I think so yeah, I mean, it's impressive. Ha- mm. Halfway there to that to that Patriot one. Obviously, I don't know how long Andy Reid's sticking around, but yeah. Uh, and I mean, in terms of the Cowboys, I'd I'd like to gloat, but I mean, you know, everyone else, all non-Cowboys fans knew it was coming. You know, I sent you the the diagram. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it all it was just a matter of plotting where you were on the circle, and you were right about there. Which is just between <laughs> we're gonna win the Super Bowl and oh we've just lost in the first round. So I knew it was coming, yeah. but also <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh okay. no, that was a very strong one as well. <laughs> I mean, um yeah, the the fact that the AFC championship game is the fall for Patrick Mahomes in his career as a star is absolutely crazy to uh, speaking of AFC championship game as well, can I just quickly get on a little soapbox and talk about the Bills. Because of a lot of scrutiny for Mike McCarthy, rightly so. Can I can I just throw it out there that Sean McDermott should really be on some sort of hot seat? Oh, it's scalding mm. hot, yeah. Because, yeah. Because, yeah. because, okay, with Josh Allen as the quarterback, five playoff appearances, one AFC Championship game, with Josh Allen as your quarterback, that ain't good. No. Now, you can say this, that, and the other, oh, we're against Mahomes. No, no, no. Your mentality should be, they're against us, and we're going to mm. beat them. And it, it should, there's something not quite right, though, where they can't get over the precipice. To have that quarterback and only get to one AFC <clears throat> Championship game in five appearances is, is um, I think, yeah. noteworthy, really. Noteworthy. The guy also needs to... He needs to improve his uh, analogies. <laughs> <laughs> So he needs to look it up. Now, which is in look it up. Camp. Look it up. What a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I thought it would be fun at the end of the season before the Super Bowl to rank our top ten quarterbacks in real life, like as in not fantasy, just who we think the best quarterbacks are. You know, in the playoffs, the big time quarterbacks really come come out to play. Um, you kind of, like with Mahomes, you, you really see who those best players are and it makes you evaluate how important the quarterback position is and who really is at the top of this hierarchy. I have 11 names, okay. <laughs> not the 10. Uh, I think me and Lewis have the same names but in different orders. Sharp, Do you want to start at the bottom and go up? We'll start at the bottom and go up. Um, I don't know about you two, but around about 11 to... Seven is pretty much all NFC for me, and above that is all AFC, basically. Well, no spoilers. Anyway, same. well, 
same. Well, Shavs, I don't know if you've got a number 11, but I've got Mr. Kirko Cousins at 11. Uh, well, right, I didn't right. rank anyone at 11. I thought we were doing top 10, so I've got <laughs> yeah, no one yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fail. That's an that immediate fail. fail. You yeah. didn't put uh, 11. <laughs> but if it was anyone, it would be uh, Jared Goff. Okay. Uh, this is interesting because, yeah, all our 11s over this top 10, I think are quite interchangeable because I went um, Matt Stafford. Ooh. Stafford, Goff and Cousins. Okay. All these fringe guys. Okay, into the actual list now. Number 10... And it might be recency bias, it might be Cowboys bias. I'm really worried from what I about what I saw from Jalen Hurts. So okay. I've got Jalen Hurts in the top ten, but just at number ten. Looks disrespectful. Uh, I've gone for Brock Purdy, number ten. Okay. Great game manager. Ooh, Cam Newton over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unhinged. Um, that man's social media is unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've got awful hats as well. Have you seen his? Sorry, Chapels. I was talking about Cam Newton's hats. Cam Newton's hat. What? (laughs) Do you not see the Superman one that he made that time? No, he partnered with. Go on his social media in a bit and look at what he's wearing on his head. No. Anyway. (laughs) It looks like a big, like in a game where you get like a big fake trucker. The thing with Cam Newton is, I don't know what's more deranged, what's on his head or what's in his head. Have you ever seen the movie Agent Cody Banks and he gets that Seattle Seahawks hat with the extremely <laughs> large brim? It's <laughs> <Is> that. <laughs> <Is> that. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Shabs. Who was your number nine? Ten. Ten. Uh, ten, it was Jordan Love. Jordan oh, Love. Whoa, nice. you, you're going to be missing some names out of here, Chaps, because we had Goff and Look. Number nine, I had Brock Purdy. Fantastic game manager. <laughs> I just think Brock Purdy's a really sound game player. manager. And looking at the names above him, there are some really special players above him, so I'm going to go Purdy 9. Like, I got Cousins 9. <sighs> I was made uh, with Cousins uh, super um, fan. I had Brock Purdy 9. Uh, great game manager. Um, no, <laughs> do you know what? I think... I don't know why he gets so, the hate he does. I guess it's because he was Mr. Irrelevant. Like, you can say, oh, anyone who had that offense would be good, but like... Jimmy G didn't do anything in it. Trey Lance, who was like the fifth overall pick, didn't do anything with it. He's got he's got something. I'm not saying he's Tim Brody, but like he's <laughs> decent. He's definitely decent. He is good. Yeah. No, but I, I, I totally agree because it's like if he was the number two pick of the draft, there wouldn't be this narrative that he's got, oh, he's got all these weapons and this and that. Well, yeah. what is 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 Mahomes not throwing to one of the best tight ends ever? You know, yeah, I know. His cousin's not being thrown to the best receiver in the league. Is Burrow not thrown to some of the best receivers in the league? Yeah, no, I know. It's I like, yeah, it's not the like, you know, it's it's not good quarterbacks, good wide receivers. They make each other better. It's not one or the other. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, did uh, you see? Uh, you know, um, I think it was. I can't remember. I think it, I want to say it was Matt Rule came out. He's now a head coach of some college team, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah I, I wanted, I wanted to draft Purdy, but." You know, the, uh, the high yeah. ups. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course he does, yeah. Easy peasy. I saw I saw that clip of Matt Rule. It's like, shut up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight, I went with Matt Stafford. I think he's probably got one of, if not, the best arm in the league. And I don't think that's really kind of like a hot take. Um, great player. 
good when he's got the weapons and the team around him. Great Det- game manager. Great game manager. Detroit <laughs> wasted him for a long, long time. Um, I think Stafford's an amazing player. Yeah, Stafford at eight. I got Jalen Hurts at eight because uh, Jalen Hurts is a great, really, really good quarterback. Um, maybe sort of uh, people are thinking he's he's a bit of like a um, what's the word? You know, with the touch push and everything like that. You know, he's a he's a bit he's a bit of a fluky player, I guess. But no, I I think Jalen Hurts a really good quarterback. Just imagine we were making this list last year. You know, like yeah, he'd be, we, he'd be up in the top five. He'd be up in the top five. Uh, I, I think a lot of the problems with this team was was the coaching staff. I didn't really see much regression from Jalen Hurts himself, mm. so I, I have no reason to think he's worse than he was last year. Just the other players that in these lists uh, had better seasons and just you know showed a bit more. Chaps, mm. uh, eight. I've got C.J. Stroud. Nice. Ooh, nice, nice. Um, um, looks really good, but he's cool. a rookie, so can't have him too high. Yeah. Mm. Um, number seven now, I've got Kyler Murray. Spoiler mm. alert, my highest ranked NFC quarterback. I think Kyler Murray's the best quarterback in the NFC. That means there's no Prescott on this list. Uh, yeah, I think Kyler Murray's great. He's going to remind people next year why he's so great, I think, as well. When he gets Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. it's going to be nice. Luke? I went Strode seven. Really impressed by Strode. Uh, looks like a great player for years to come. Great game manager. Mm. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> uh, I've got Justin Herbert at seven. Um, not been the best couple of seasons, I think, fair to say, but the dude's got a cannon. I recently saw a clip of him at his pre-draft workout throwing a ball 63 yards from a stationary, like just flat-footed position. He's a freak. Um, I'm yeah. hoping that Harbaugh coming in will uh, sort mm. of re- restart that fire because yeah. I had him in his breakout year and he was great. Yeah. Yeah. At six, I've gone for Chet Johnson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, needed to, I needed to get it in. Okay. Um, at six, I've gone for Herbert for all the reasons that Sharple just, Sharple's just said. Um. Yeah, at six, I've gone for Herbert as well, for all the reasons Sharples just said. Very nice. Um, this is where I slotted in Jalen Hurts. Um, I think you're right, though. I think uh, if we did this last year, he'd probably been up there. I mean, certainly fantasy was always top three, but uh, I think he'd have been a lot higher. I think it has taken a bit of shine off him this year, but for me, it was the defence that was the main culprit for them yeah. crumbling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not ready to... to Banish him, banish him out of the top ten just yet. So yes, yeah, and and you you got to remember that that pesky cliff that uh that that AJ Brown fell off. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah what what, what, what happened to him? Mm, oh, yeah, there was that string of like 125 yard receiving games yeah. and then nothing. Yeah, mm. five and it might be quite high. I've got CJ Stroud. Um, for me. I'm not talking talent, I'm not talking arm strength, I'm not talking flashy players, I'm talking like... Game management. I'm talking like, if we're talking clutch, obviously playoff games, putting the team on his back, I've seen more out of Stroud this year than I've seen out of Justin Herbert in Herbert's first, what, four years in the league? Yeah, of course. So I'm going Stroud, I think he's an amazing player. Um, 
And with the caveat that for me, there's a little gap now between Strode and the, the four guys that I've got above him. Well, number five, I've gone for Kyler Murray. I think nice. Kyler Murray came back this year and sort of reminded us the quarterback that he is. He's a great player. Um, that Arizona team's going to be good. Uh, yeah, Murray, Kyler Murray. He's, he's sort of the dynamic player that you need at quarterback, really. Mm. Shafts. Uh, well, I can't believe I'm the first person to mention this guy. I think you two might be still hurting a little bit from the playoffs, but I've got Dak Prescott at five. Ooh. Um, listen. <laughs> maybe we are, yeah. Maybe maybe he is in my list. He's okay, not. Well, well then, <laughs> he's okay, not like he's not in mine, I've already said, yeah. I've got to say, Al's already ruled him out. Um, and if he's much higher on this, then you know maybe you're a bit too high on him, Luke. But... Um, yeah, no, I mean, look at the numbers this year, terrific, obviously, you know, bottled it in the playoffs as we knew they would do, but there's there's something there, we need to see it in big games, but there's there's yeah. something there. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I, think don't, I don't know, I, I don't know if the Cowboys have got the fifth best quarterback in the league on the team. No, I'm, I'm, to me, Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback, if we were doing 12, which we should have done... <laughs> <laughs> he would have probably been number twelve for me, Whoa, but it's just wow. it, it, yeah, it is it is the it is the frustrating thing of being a fan and and never really. I mean, I don't know if other Cowboys fans can relate to this, but just never really buying into mm. him being that great. It always felt like something had to give. It like whenever I'm watching the Cowboys, it never feels like. What you're watching Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or something, and it's like you know they're going to make the pass. You're always clutching the seat, thinking, "Is he going to make this pass?" Okay, he's made right next one. Ah, it's it's excruciating to watch. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I mean, just sorry yeah. to interrupt. I've just given some of the names we mentioned: a Love, a Purdy, a Hurts. You'd be swapping all those guys for Dak. Um, I definitely, I definitely. In a I would I, swapping for Jalen Hurts. I would swap him. Looking at my list of people who I've just said already, yeah. I would swap him. Yeah, yes, Kyler Murray over yes. him, Justin Herbert over him, Strayed over him, Hurts over him. Okay, for cousins, cousins, cousins Purdy, Stafford. You got to look at the context. Oh, I, I just take Stafford. Over you know, I yeah. Um, I mean, and, and you don't. Want I know you made a smug little point yeah. there, Sharfels. No, like <laughs> you don't. You don't want to say. You don't want to understand it. <laughs> you don't want to call Purdy a game manager, but yeah, Purdy's amazing in that system. I don't. It, well, it just makes you think how good Prescott would be in that system or something. You know what I mean? Because who can be that good in the Cowboys? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just think Sharples is better because his MVP pick last year was Kyle Murray. Yeah. No, I'm bitter this year because I had McCaffrey and Lamb on my team and I still didn't win. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I just can't believe you've not got Murray in the top ten. What's that? Kyle Murray? Um, I think you're right. He did He did burn me last year when I vouched for him. Uh, I need I need a full season to see it again before I can uh, okay. get him back in there. Okay, okay. So... Um... Did we all do our number fives then? Yeah, yeah we did. So okay. I'm assuming we've all got the same four guys. So why don't we um, start with Sharples, then Lou, then I'll go last. Go from four to one of what order you've got these guys in. Okay, so... Hey, watch him, watch him go now. So four, I've got Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Howell. <laughs> Jake Browning. Uh, yeah. And Tommy yeah. DeVito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... 
At number four, I have uh, Joe Burrow. Keep going. Three, two, oh, one. Oh, we're doing them all? Sorry, I thought we were doing it all. All in one. Okay, all so in one. At four, we've got Joe Burrow. At three, Josh Allen. Two, Lamar Jackson. One, Patrick Mahomes. Wowzers. Lou. Uh, four, Joe Burrow. Three, Lamar Jackson. Two, Josh Allen. One, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. It kills me, but I've got four Lamar Jackson, three Ooh. Joe Burrow, two Josh Allen, one Mahomes. Mahomes is clearly number one. You see, I I must be a lot more a lot higher on Burrow than you two. And maybe I don't know, maybe I'm I'm way too kind of biased with what I've seen in the playoffs. But for me, it was hard to not put Burrow two. I, I think Joe Burrow's an amazing, amazing player. Oh, yeah. Great player. Um I mean, those four guys are clear of everyone else. Why Sharples, Lamar Jackson at the two? Is it the season that he's just had, the MVP that he's just won? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's probably why I had Burrow down. Obviously, he was injured a lot this season. You know, I'd have been ready to put Mahomes a little bit lower down, but then obviously he's come alive in the playoffs. So I think recency by excuse it. But I just think between... There's not a lot between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, but if I think, like, who would I rather have on my team for one game... It'd be Lamar just because there'd be that little, you know, little bit of magic, that forty-yard touchdown run or something. Which, yeah. Uh, although I think Josh Allen has a much better arm. Uh, yeah, something about Lamar. Something about Lamar. Mm, yeah, and we'll not explain why Mahomes is number one because people are mm. bored of hearing about how amazing yeah. Pat Mahomes is, shall we? Lou, you've got a chunk of news there that you want to deliver uh, exactly as you've written it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back, there's going to be a lot of words, a lot of names at you. Uh, coaching hires, so that we'll start with the Falcons, they hired defensive coordinator Raheem Morris from the Rams as their new head coach. He he also brought over the Rams quarterback and passing game coach as his OC and the Rams assistant head coach as his DC. So a lot of the Rams in the in Atlanta now. Um, let's see, let's see. I mean, none of these guys is a sure thing, you never know. The Panthers hired Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their new head coach, mm-hmm. uh, also promoted a GM as well, um, and also a new a new president of football operations. All sorts going on with the Panthers. They've got a new offensive coordinator as well, who was the, uh, the former Bucks wide receiver coach. Raiders are sticking with Antonio Pierce as the head coach, employed him on a permanent basis. They've also employed former Chargers GM Tom Telesco as their GM. Okay. And former Burr's offensive coordinator Luke Getzey as their offensive coordinator. Uh, not to throw any shade on Pierce, the, you know, the, the, the team obviously love him. They are some very uninspiring hires, I will say. In Their Las Vegas, to be honest with you, stinks. Yeah, yeah, and that GM didn't do anything impressive. Um, in in he drafted Justin Herbert. He drafted Justin Herbert, which well done for drafting one of the highest touted quarterbacks with you. High pick, mm. um, you know. Chargers, everyone's very excited about this one. They've hired Jim Harbaugh. He's back in the NFL. He's the new head coach. They've also brought over the Ravens director of player personnel, Joe Hortiz, as the general manager. And they've got former Ravens offensive coordinator, Greg, <laughs> I meant to type Greg Roman, but I typed 
Grey Roman. <laughs> Grey Roman. <laughs> Greg Roman, who was very, very run the ball, run the ball, which was what Jim Harbaugh was very much like as well. Jim Harbaugh's also brought his Michigan defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter, with him as well. Uh, That's very, mint. Yeah. <laughs> that is mint. I tell you what, he's Minter, uh, their offensive defensive coordinator, because that's his last name. Uh, Patriots. This was a weird one. Uh, yeah, it seemed like they had, it. had it lined up for a while. Jared Mayo, Jared Mayonnaise. That's <laughs> 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 not what we're going to call him. That's <laughs> not what we're calling call him. Mayonnaise as the new head coach. Um, he played for the team for eight years and he was the linebacker's coach for the last five years. They've sort of promoted the defensive line coach as well to Max Covington as their defence coordinator and hired former Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt as their offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm really intrigued. Yeah. Obviously, that organisation won so many Super Bowls. You've got, to, you've got to have a feeling that they know what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, you all some, eyes on the mayonnaise. You want some mayo with that. Yes. Um, Seahawks hiring the Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. A lot of Mike Mucks in the league. Yeah. Mike McDaniel, Mike McCarthy. Now Mike McDonald. Um, Is it not Donald? Why are you saying Donald? Uh, we've got another, Donald. another Nepo baby, the son of the McDonald's founder. <laughs> Mike McDonald. It's Mike McDonald, mate. Mike. Well, from now on, he's McDonald to us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This, this, there's a joke to be made about Jared Mayonnaise and Mike McDonald somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> McDaniels. Josh, doesn't Josh McDaniels, yeah. Um, Titans, hiring former Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan to head coach. That's an interesting one to me. This is sort of him obviously, you know, interviewing well and I guess sort of taking a job while it's, there was a lot all I'm saying is there's a lot hotter candidates out there yeah mm. but if, if you're offering the guy a job you know mm. you know good on him uh, they've also brought in a new defensive coordinator new offensive coordinator only one notable one there is uh, the new offensive coordinator was the Jags passing game coordinator. I don't know who looked at the Jaguars passing game and thought, <laughs> we need that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the Commanders, they've snatched up Dan Quinn oh, from no. the Cowboys. Oh, He's no. the new head coach. They've all, But they've also hired uh, 49ers assistant general manager Adam Peters as their GM. You know, that's an impressive organisation to get a bit of that in the building. And former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator. No, you see, he was recently like an offensive assistant at USC, so there's that kind of connection with Caleb Williams. But ESPN also announced that Kingsbury had got um, had been given the offensive coordinator job at the Raiders, and then like two hours later took it down, and then a few hours after that I know. released and- the information that you know he was a. Uh, the Cardinals, the the um, reliable source that our brother Adam said that uh, Kingsbury was about to sign the paper with the Raiders. I know, yeah, again. he said the pen was in his hand. <laughs> Almost had pen to paper, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dan Quinn is also bringing over the Cowboys secondary coach as well as the defensive coordinator. A few more little notable coaching guys. That's all the head coaches. Eagles have got, you know, both both... The coordinators are fresh this year. Um, they've got Vic Vangio, who was with the Dolphins, parted ways with them. And they've got Kellen Moore, who was with the Cowboys, was with the Chargers last year, 
he's now their offensive coordinator. They had to do yeah. something different, obviously, didn't they? Cowboys have got Mike Zimmer, who used to be oh. the Vikings head coach, as their new defensive coordinator. Not a good noise. That is not a no, good noise. I feel, I feel like he's, he's worked with the Cowboys before. Yeah, he has. He has, uh, like, 20 years ago or something. Um this is a this is amazing. This is actually the, my favorite piece of news for Jalen Warren. <laughs> the Steelers have hired Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, amazing stuff. Sure. Oh my god. god! I mean, you talk about you talk about looking at the Jags' uh, passing tape and thinking, mm-hmm. "Yeah, who's looked at a man who has." An offense which includes B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and uh, Drake London, and been absolutely terrible and gone. Yes, let's let's bring that guy to a team with no offensive superstars. The the frustrating thing is, which is always it's been the case in the for the past few years for the Steelers, in that they've seemed to make the wrong move in every aspect. You know, players, yeah. this you know, coaches, and uh, Mike Tomlin just drags them over the edge. So, as long as Mike Tomlin's there, they're still going to be good. I mean, obviously, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, you could it, this might be sort of libel or slander. Has Mike Tomlin been given a cut of FedEx? <laughs> it's Is an it, important question to ask. Who plays at same. FedEx Field? FedEx Field? No, because that used to be Heinz Field, right. didn't it? Right. Okay. Before it was something worth else entirely. Into, though, worth looking into. FedEx Field is the Commanders, isn't it? Ooh. Well. Interesting that he isn't there. Yeah. Falling out with your dad. <laughs> Speaking of Commanders, no job for Eric Bieniemy as of yet. Oh, that's interesting. He's going to go back to the Chiefs. Uh, I thought this was a notable one. The Packers hired Boston College head coach Jeff Hafley as their new defensive coordinator. Just interesting when guys come over from college, really. You, you sort of, yeah. Oh yeah, the balance has been shifted in college recently with like the NIL and players being paid, and this idea that some colleges just can't keep up. Coaches yeah. kind of want to come to the NFL. Yeah, um, and yeah. So just so we all know as well, there's new offensive coordinators for the Bills, the Bears, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Saints. Oh yes, who've the Browns got? <laughs> the Browns. It, 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 if talk about talk about failing upwards or yeah. failing sideways at least, um, Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey, uh, who just lost the Bills job, mm. and then new defensive coordinators for the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Jags, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Giants, uh, TBC. But there will be new coordinators, both offensive and defensive, in Seattle as well. Mm. Just look out for that. Yeah. So a lot, hell of a lot of coaching yeah. uh, changes. You know, the coaching carousel this year was. Wow, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. I think for me though, the most notable were the two guys who didn't get a job. I mean, obviously mainly Belichick, me also Mike Vrabel. You? To me, I don't know about I don't know about you, Sue. It, it screams yeah. uh, Cowboys do another twelve and five out in the first round, and Bill Belichick comes in for like two years. I why would nobody wants Bill Belichick? Why nobody wants hire him this year though? I know, so and, I don't, and yeah. nobody, nobody, I, he, I don't know, he, he just mustn't, he's, Comes with it's, it's, it sounds insane to say, but the way he coaches, everybody for years wanted the Belichick way, people don't want that anymore, no. doesn't really feel like people want that anymore, um, I don't mm. know whether, dare I say, about potentially the greatest 
coach of all time. He's outdated, <laughs> really. I, um, I think know, as like all seeing, all you know, powerful. Like you have him as a coach and a GM, but I think if you put him at the helm just as a head coach, I think tactically he's still probably the best. If you combine him with the a GM who can supply him with talent, because obviously he's shown that's not his strength. Ah, uh, I mean defensively, he's he's an absolute encyclopedia. Um, ah, uh, I'm amazed he hasn't gotten a job. I'll be perfect, especially when you. Some of the teams that have been languishing in the NFL for 20, 30 years, like an Atlanta Falcons, uh, I was amazed they didn't just pull the trigger on it and see two, three years. I mean, you're not going anywhere anywhere. What, why not give yeah. them a go? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Anyway, quick mention of some free agents. I'm going to say a lot of names, lads. I want you to pick one and give me an ideal destination for yeah. fantasy football. Woo. Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. Well, free agents and guys that are probably going to be available. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill, who's heading to the booth, of course. <laughs> Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dowins, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Odell Beckham, Tyler Boyd, Hollywood, Calvin Ridley, Cheeky Gabe, Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant. As an example, I would like to see Mike Evans at the Buffalo Bills for Ooh. fantasy football. I think that would be just amazing Yeah, to see Mike. And I know it's probably mostly on Kadarius Tony, but I've gone off this idea of just... Like, do you know, like saying just an unbelievable receiver and then the Chiefs. Like, obviously, yeah. Hollywood Brown and the Chiefs, Mike Evans and the Chiefs, T. Higgins and the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have shown that they're going to work with whoever's there. I don't think they want a Tyreek Hill anymore. Um, mm. So I'm going to say Evans to the Bills, I think, would be great for fantasy, Lou. Uh, uh, this is a tough one. I, I, I'm going to say... Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Saquon Barkley to the Cowboys. Were you going to say Kirk Cousins to the Vikings for <laughs> yeah. um, for, for Justin Jefferson? Yeah, yeah. Kirk yeah. Cousins stay. Kirk Cousins yeah, yeah, to the yeah. Vikings would be the most ideal out of all of them. Um, <laughs> but Saquon Barkley to the Cowboys would be cool. Would be cool. I think he's better than Tony Pollard. Proved that this past year. He's proved that his whole career. Uh, he's still got a lot of juice in him. I think that would be interesting. Okay. Shackles. And all of the wide receivers to Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> um, proper random, I don't know why he was the name I picked out of all those names, but uh, I want to see Zach Moss go to the Minnesota Vikings to take on the Alexander Mattison role that I <laughs> promised everyone at the start of the show. He was really good. Like it was unfortunate that Taylor came back, but like before Taylor was back, Zach Moss was something like the RB four. He was he was around that yeah. he was really good. Like if you put him in a team like the Vikings who've shown that they'll give a running back 20 plus carries every week I think he'd be really good mm. for them so random yeah. one but yeah Moss to the Vikings yeah yeah nice now kind of before we do our Super Bowl pick a couple of things to round off the fantasy season I'm going to say the f- the first position drafted in fantasy next year will be and then we'll all say a name so for example the first quarterback drafted in fantasy next season will be 
Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Shackles. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> the first running back drafted in fantasy next year will be Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. The first wide receiver drafted in fantasy next year will be Justin Jefferson. Chet Johnson. <laughs> hey. hey. Will be Gemma. Ja- Justin Jefferson. Don't do the chase, Justin Steve. Jefferson. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Oh. The first tight end drafted in fantasy next year will be Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. It will be Killer Travis Kelsey. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But in, in the um, third round instead of the first. Yeah, okay. And the fantasy, the 2023 fantasy season told me what did it that tell you, you this bad, season? That like, you were bad, that at, fantasy bad football. at fantasy football. <laughs> that I don't like losing in the championship games. Uh, what's the one thing that you learned this year, lads? No, the fantasy season that's just gone told me um, that getting for the second year in a row I should say that getting a good group of wide receivers can carry you through the fantasy playoffs now for the second year in a row I've had about three or four wide receivers that have been in the top 24 um, come the end of the year and they absolutely carried me to the championship game now I know everyone's going to tell you that running backs are super valuable maybe it's because we play in a league with two flex positions but those wide receivers can really, really carry it, whether it's trade value, but just playing them, playing them in your flex. Yeah, I think, again, next year, I'm going to kind of try and stock up on some amazing wide receivers because I think that position is the one, for me, since I've been playing fantasy, that I've seen kind of the the biggest kind of correlation between having really good wide receivers and getting far in the playoffs. You know, I've done the running back thing. I've done the tight end early thing. um, Wide receivers early. For me, Lou. Uh, the 2023 fantasy season showed me that maybe tight end isn't as useless as we think it is. Um, this season, for the first time since 2014, 10 tight ends who played 15 or more games averaged 10 or more fantasy points. There was a lot to go around this year. Um, you know, 10 u- usable players like that that's that's you know in some leagues that's one per team you know it's you're not sort of having to scrounge around for the bits anymore and those 10 players that didn't include guys like Don Kincaid who are probably going to kick on Mark Andrews because he was injured Isaiah Likely who's really good the um Dallas Goddard who had a bit of a down year you know I feel like there's going to be a wealth of tight ends in the new year maybe we should start looking at it a little bit differently Chaps. Um, uh, For me, I realised that I um, was neglecting the fantasy gods. I haven't sacrificed anywhere near enough chickens this year um, because my team was great and I still lost. And it just goes to show you, you can have a great team and still lose. Um, That's the optimism that we want to spread on this podcast. It doesn't (laughs) matter how good your team um, looks, you're going to lose. I had to have one last whinge about it before I shut up um, and move on to next year. But um, no, I think think what it cemented home for me was uh, I'm happy to go late on a quarterback. Um, I think 
two seasons ago when like Mahomes, Allen, Hurt, and I think Burrow at that point all smashed it. <clears throat> I think people it made people this year go really hard on quarterbacks, and I think uh, the likes of Dak, uh, Purdy was in the top ten. I think two are just about like was. Uh, Jordan Love obviously coming in quarterback five um, obviously it's easy to say in hindsight but for me I want to be scooping up top tier running back and wide receivers in those first six rounds I don't want to have to worry about a quarterback and I don't think you need to um, if you pick the right one you can pick a quarterback in round 10 and still be supremely happy with that so um, yeah uh, p- probably a good year to mention it you know and obviously Mahomes could make me look silly again next year but I just <laughs> I don't think you need to do it. I don't think you need to take any quarterback in rounds one, two, or three. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I would also say, just briefly, if you're in a league that only has one flex position, if it's like a standard kind of one quarterback, two running back, uh, two receiver, one tight end, one flex, the importance of getting those ones in early, I think in a few of my leagues, with that format, with that kind of number of uh, players in the starting lineup. I've been a bit too smart. I've been thinking, oh, just fill up on the best players, the best players. When you should really be getting your ones early, you know, your wide receiver one, <clears throat> your running back one, your tight end one. But yeah. Anyway, it's time. Super Bowl picks. I'm finding this really hard to um, really hard to project, really hard to choose. And we probably say that every year, but I mean. You, you kind of want one thing to happen, but your head says another thing is going to happen. Uh, I'm really, really excited for the game. And I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. I can't think of a good reason why, <sighs> but I'm just going to go with it. I think, and again, it sounds stupid to say this, but I think they, they, they have to overmatch the Chiefs. I know the Ravens overmatch the Chiefs. I know... Loads of t- the Bills, no, not the Bills. The Ravens overmatch the Chiefs. We'll go with. Um, they've got to. The squad's better. As a unit, they've looked better throughout the season. Oh, I, I'm going. The, I'm going San Francisco. Blue. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to revert back to my pre. Twenty twenty three season men- mindset, and say that the Chiefs are going to beat the Forty ers in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to bet against the Chiefs. Mm. Sharps. Well, yeah, well, obviously there's a um, a massive conspiracy going on. Um, the 49ers practice pitch is uh, yeah. too soft. Um, yeah. They're practicing on the college team's pitch, whereas the Chiefs get to practice at the Raiders facility. Uh, the fire alarm went off in the hotel five mm. in the morning of the Niners. Uh, and obviously the league, not that they wanted to know about it, but they've actually signed a 10-year deal with Taylor Swift to do Super Bowl halftime shows, obviously contingent on the fact that Travis Kelsey wins um, so yeah it's going to be the Chiefs nice there we go Chiefs Chiefs 49 as well it's going to be a great game thank you very much for listening this year thank you very really much. appreciate it I don't know about you two but I mean with the NFL season coming to a close I'm so excited for the Super Bowl and I'm so gutted that it's ending I think I don't think I know that this is my favourite sport it takes over my life our lives fantasy football watching it when it's on it's just great if you're watching the Super Bowl with mates at the weekend, with family, if you're going out watching it, please do enjoy it. Hope you're not too tired the next morning. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be back in draft season in that kind of um, combined season with some kind of uh, some 
news on rookies, a bit of insight on players that you might not have heard of and just kind of um, giving you an idea of who to look out for in the combine and in the draft. But until then, again, we really appreciate listeners. We're going to push it even more next year than we have done this year. Um, and yes, have a good off season. Hopefully it's not too long. I think it might be about the same as last time. But Damn. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I was banking on it being a bit shorter. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. Ender. Thanks very Have much. Have a good one. Enjoy the Super Bowl. See you. Bye bye.